Welcome to the Wet Podcast, episode number 27. Welcome to the Wet Podcast. This is episode number 27. Wet stands for Writing, Education, and Technology. I'm your host, Eric Marshall. You can find me on Twitter at eMarsh, and you can find show notes at ericmarshall.net slash wet. That's Eric with a K, Marshall with two L's, dot net slash wet. Uh, today is April 4th, 2015. I am uh, releasing this a day late. I usually uh, release on Fridays. Today is going to be Saturday, but I didn't want to miss a week. I had an unforeseen uh, tiredness problem yesterday. I came home and fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, I didn't record ahead of time. so um, <laughs> Yeah, so there's that. One of the reasons I've been really tired lately is because I have this uh, play that I am involved in, which um, for some of you might be like, oh, that's cool, he's in a play. But for me, it's kind of crazy. I have zero experience on stage. And uh, last year in 2000, well, I guess it was 2013 now, um, I came home and my girlfriend was like and her daughter were sitting around and I come home and they're like, Hey, do you want to be in a play? <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, sure. And they both kind of looked at me funny, like what really? So it's, uh, for the PTO of the elementary school. Uh, she was in fourth grade at the time. And, uh, I was like, yeah, sure, whatever, you know, so we get there, we do the auditions and everything, and, and everybody who auditions gets in, so it's not really an audition, and I didn't know it was a musical play at the time, so that took the, you know, I was already out of my comfort zone, and then that took me even more outside of my comfort zone, but, um, you know, I was game, and uh, the first year we were fireflies, it was me... Uh, my girlfriend, who is this kind of short blonde woman, and another short blonde woman who was at the time of performance eight months pregnant. It was, it was us three adults and a bunch of fourth grade girls, basically, as the fireflies in this play. And it was really bizarre and silly because I'm, you know, I'm six one. I have a beard. I'm like this, you know, I'm obviously this tall dude, you know. So it was kind of a visual joke in a way and we had to sing um katie perry's firework but to the tune of you know firefly baby i'm a firefly right that sort of thing that was last year um this year i decided to get on the writing committee because basically what they do is they write a new play every year and just kind of change the lyrics of some popular songs or some Disney songs and stuff like that and and use those as the musical numbers and there's dancing and stuff and it's crazy. So I was on the writing committee this last year figuring, you know, I'm a writer and I could probably, you know, be on the writing committee. And it was a blast, you know, we wrote the play over the summer and, you know, there was a bunch of us, it's written by committee. 
great play this year. It was uh, I I played a night and we were just a bunch of bumbling idiot knights trying to save the Baron's daughter from a dragon, but we weren't really saving, I guess it was the Baron's son, and there's a lot of gender switching going on where the daughter wants to be a knight and the son wants to play music and the Baron doesn't want that, and then the knights are these bumbling idiots who are trying to save the kidnapped son. Sorry if you hear some noise right now, this cat we have two cats in the house and one loves to be between me and my monitor and so i pulled the microphone back on this i have this kind of homemade boom mic i made from an ikea lamp um i have it pulled back and now he is sitting in front of me purring and rubbing his head against the mic so um the mic stand so if you hear this little boom 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 that's probably him so anyway long story short the uh the play was Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of last week, and you know we spend months and months and months rehearsing and everything, and uh, it's a total blast. Uh, like I said, it's for the PTO, and it's held in the middle school. It's it's um, it seats about 550 people, and we had a full house on Saturday, pretty full house on Friday as well. Um, you know, Thursday was probably I don't know half maybe I don't know. So it's you know it's a it's a big production, 140 something cast members kindergartners all the way up through adults um super cute you know it's people you know parents grandparents there to see their kids mostly but um it kind of wipes you out though you know i i i've only recently begun to feel like myself again after all the through all the rehearsals and the practice and everything and and all that but you know it's taught me a lot doing this for two years so far um being on stage having to project every night um having to sing and dance which like i said is definitely not my forte it's not it's not in my it was not in my wheelhouse let's put it that way uh i was terribly uncomfortable the first year in particular and uh just really self-conscious and this year i was able to let that go a little bit and play with it um but you know, I learned. I learned a lot. You know, I, I've I found that in the classroom, I've I've changed a little bit from doing this because I, um, you know, I find myself projecting more and you know moving around differently and um, and pacing my speech a little differently. And it's really weird because it really does. It really has transferred to an extent. You know, I'm more aware of the fact that you know when I'm teaching, I'm on stage in a way. You know, I've always been aware of that, but. I'm beginning to realize what what that means or what that can mean in in certain respects. So I think that the, doing the play has actually helped my teaching and my public speaking uh, in general, which is kind of nice, kind of nice. But it's uh, it's a big time suck, let me tell you. So we're off now, and uh, the the writing committee starts back after Memorial Day, and I'll definitely be involved in that again because it was uh, like I said, it's a lot of fun hones the skills a little bit, that sort of thing. So that's a little piece of personal business for, for old Emarsh here. Uh, <laughs> today I, was, I want to talk about technology a little bit. Um, I wrote this thing the other day uh, on paper about technology, uh, kind of trying to go old school. I've been I've been thinking a lot about how I use technology, how I, you know, always have my phone in my hand or my, my laptop in front of me, stuff like that. And what that means, 
you know, how I might maybe be more conscious of that. And so I've been writing more and more on paper lately, just pen and paper, which, uh, you know, kind of, it hurts my hand a little bit. I'm not used to it. And also, uh, my handwriting is terrible. <laughs> I've always known that, but I think it's gotten worse. It's really hard to, hard to read, but I'm going to read a little bit of what I wrote uh, the other day about, uh, about growing up in an age of kind of increasing technology. Uh, to an extent. So uh, just for a little background, I grew up in the 80s, uh, mostly. I graduated from high school in 1990. And so I grew up at that time where personal computers were new and not everybody had them. You know, it was more for, I think, hobbyists and, you know, I guess what we now call early adopters, that sort of thing. And I was lucky enough to be in a household uh, with with a father, basically, who liked technology. You know, my dad, uh, when he was younger, was a TV repairman. You know, he knew a lot about electronics and, you know, just really, really liked technology. So he bought us a um, an early computer with a Tandy 1000SX back in the day from Radio Shack. And I remember when we figured out how to increase the RAM from, it must have been like 256K to 512, I think, something like that. We bought a chip, and we opened it up, and we put the chip in there, and oh boy, that was exciting. And uh, we had a 1200-baud modem. You know, a lot of you remember those. And at the time, it was amazing. You know, we could uh, sign on to the local... Um, BBS, the bulletin board system that was run by the computer shop down the road. And from there, we could talk to other people on the BBS and, and share files and, and play rudimentary games, a lot of them text-based. And it wasn't long before um, we got Prodigy and were able to get on the internet, you know, which, again, was very, very rudimentary, but that that sparked an interest for me in, in a lot of things. You know, I learned how to uh, program a little bit. Um, I learned about connectivity. I learned about hacking and trying to get into systems. And, and what I'm going to read you in a minute here is, is based on all of that stuff. I might repeat myself a little bit on that, but it's um, the, the basic premise though of what I'm about to talk about is that I feel like technology has finally caught up to me people like me, people like us, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, to an extent, I feel like it's, it's our time in a, in a certain way. I feel like the world has caught up to me. I had a student say he was born in the wrong time the other day because he hates social media and texting. <clears throat> I'm the opposite. Uh, born at the right time, maybe a little early. Uh, we were in early... I was an early adopter, so uh, computers have long been a part of my life. But in a time when things were hard, when you had to take things apart, build them, program them yourself, no touch screens, lines of basic from magazines, making words and in print into magical programs. If that's not magic, I don't know what is. Some of you may remember, some of you may not remember, that... Um, 
there were these magazines you could get and they would just have programs printed in them and you would type in 10, you know, blah, 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 20, blah, blah, blah. And, and then you would have a program, which you could obviously alter at will um, if you knew how and all that stuff. That's what I'm referring to about the magazines, but it's, it's, it is like magic, you know, lines of code into programs. <clears throat> I was born at a time that lets me appreciate today's technology, but indulge in it with a sense of distance of deliberation Technology has moved beyond me, though. Uh, I still know my way around a Linux shell or a DOS prompt, but I can't really program or code. I can hack to a certain extent, but I didn't keep enough abreast of changes to know the ins and outs anymore. But that's okay, because I have enough history to know what it's like to maintain a healthy curiosity towards my devices and apps and things that accompany them. Which is, I think, is something that perhaps is lost on people who grew up with this stuff. You know, people who grew up with touchscreens and iPods and everything may not have the the curiosity or the knowledge of what's going on behind the scenes, what's going on with the hardware, what's going on in the programs. Everything's just ready to use at this point. And uh, I wonder if if maybe something's lost with that. You know, it reminds me of that joke that David Foster Wallace tells in that famous commencement speech about the two fish. You know, one fish says to the other fish, oh, the water is really warm today. And the other fish says, what's water? Now, I feel like that's where people who were born, say, uh, in certainly the late 90s, early 2000s, um, must feel. You know, the technology is all around them. They grew up with touchscreens and and uh, instant access to movies and, and technology and, and stuff like that, where... That wasn't the case for people of of my age, you know, and, you know, we had to figure out how things worked and, and put them together and stuff like that. So that's I think there's a different attitude that, that goes with that, perhaps. Um, but the world has caught up. You know, nerds are ascendant. Geeks are, are hallowed. <laughs> Gamers are heroes. We have Patton Oswalt and Will Wheaton and YouTube. <laughs> this is, um, you know, this is our time. Nerd humor is is a thing now, you know, instead of being made fun of, we're celebrated in, in a certain way. You know, nerds certainly get hired, uh, you know, they get jobs, no doubt about that. <clears throat> As you know, I've always wanted to write and I have always written, but now I can get my words to people who maybe want to read them. And that's different. And that's because of the, the network technologies that we have. No more gatekeepers. No more sending query letters in the mail. Waiting and waiting to get rejected or accepted, probably rejected, that sort of thing. The entire publishing industry has changed. <clears throat> and in that sense, I think it has caught up to those of us who wanted to write. When I was younger, when I was a teenager, I tried to build a pirate radio station. I ordered a kit from Free Radio Berkeley. It came in the mail, had all of these components, resistors and capacitors and transistors, whatever it might have been, and uh, you know, a printed circuit board. And I sat in the basement for, must have been weeks, carefully soldering each little component to the PCB based on the schematic 
And my, my soldering skills weren't that good, unfortunately. I understood the concepts, but I just, you know, hand-eye coordination maybe. I don't know. But um, I spent a lot of time down there doing that because I wanted to – I was sick of commercial radio, and I wanted to, to play music that meant something to me and to rant and, and just talk, you know, about things that mattered. You know, I think um, – uh, what was that movie? Pump up the volume with Christian Slater might have uh, inspired me a little bit. You know, it was right around that time at any rate. But I really wanted to do that. I wanted to have my own voice in my neighborhood. You know, so I got this little—I think it was like a five-watt transmitter. Um, got a motorcycle battery to power it and everything. I was, you know, I was going to go out somewhere remotely so that they couldn't track me. Plugged it in. Had a faint smell of something maybe burning or something. Nothing happened. It never worked. It was a total bummer. Um, but now I've got a microphone that probably costs less than that free radio Berkeley kit. I've got an internet connection and I've got a podcast. Two of them, really. And anybody can do this. And that's the beauty of it is that anybody can have a blog or a podcast or, or do whatever they want. And in this sense, technology has caught up with me and I think with a lot of us. You know, as an early adopter, I was always ahead of the curve. Um, but... My friends never understood. You know, I didn't have friends who did this for the most part, so they didn't know what I was doing in the basement trying to hack into systems or figure out, explore new BBSs or, uh, you know, write stories and print them out on my dot matrix printer, my daisy wheel printer before that. They, 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 didn't, they didn't get it. They didn't know what was going on. And, they, and you know, there was a pull, you know, for me of doing that or hanging out with, with friends. And, uh, you know, I tried to do both. But now we have the IT crowd, the guild, Dimitri Martin. And everything I've always wanted to do is now possible. I just had to wait for the world to catch up. Yes, I hope you enjoyed that. I'm doing a bit of an experiment today where I'm... Uh, I live mix the music in and uh, I'm going to release this with very little, if any, editing. It's kind of all ad lib. So, you know, you probably noticed that I had trouble reading my handwriting at points. It's a little clunky in spots, but I wanted to see uh, kind of how this plays without a lot of me taking out the ums and ahs and you knows and pauses and coughs and everything like that and asides. So I hope you uh, I hope you enjoy that. If if you do, let me know in the show notes. If you don't, let me know in the show notes. <laughs> Either way, uh, you can find those show notes at ericmarshall.net slash wet. That's E-R-I-K, yeah, Marshall with two L's, dot net slash wet. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook. Uh, and Twitter. My personal Twitter is eMarsh. Uh, you can find the Wet Podcast on Twitter as well at Wet Podcast. And uh, you can support me if you like by going to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen 
and give me a rating. Or you can uh, also, if you're feeling more financially generous, uh, become a patron of the show. You can uh, go to patreon.com slash emarsh and uh, find the wet podcast there and you can pledge as much as you want you know, to uh, help support the costs and time it takes for me to do this really appreciate that if you if you feel like doing that it would be a great way to show show some love i guess all right well this is me eric marshall signing off talk to you next week bye